Hi, you're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm Becky. And I'm Kara. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. Today's topic is... Adulting Part 2. So Becky, way back in the day when we just were starting off this podcast, we recorded an episode all about adulting because Mm -hmm. as people who are in our late 20s, early 30s, we're kind of in that weird liminal space of we are older than young adults, but younger than middle-aged adults. And so... We're still experiencing a lot of responsibilities for the first time, but we also have, you know, more privileges. So there's so much more we can say on this subject of adulting, and it just seemed like a good amount of time had passed for us to revisit it. Uh, I think in particular, given, you know, the pandemic and lockdown and stuff that has gone on on over the past months, Mm -hmm. We have a lot of thoughts about how our relationships to our living spaces have evolved, as well as our relationships to the work that we do. You know, you have this whole new business venture that you've started. I'm going through this big transition. There's a lot of stuff happening in our lives. And we should also remind our listeners that you've had your house for how many years now? Three years. Three years, and I've been in Montreal for just over two years. Yeah. So that's a mo- that's a monumental, yeah, monumental milestone. Yeah. And we've had this podcast for almost two years now. So yeah, um, adulting can be a little intense, and I just I think what I would like to get out of this episode is to be reassured a little bit um, <laughs> yeah. that the pressure and the stress that I feel is normal. Uh, Mm -hmm. And to listen to your experiences and uh, as usual, just to have a good conversation with you about all of this stuff that we're going through. I love it. Absolutely. And I'm sure our listeners want to feel like what they're going through is totally normal as well. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Speaking about our living situations, as you guys know, I live in Montreal. I've lived here over two years And I currently have a roommate. I've had roommates the entire time I was here. I did it on purpose because I thought, I don't know anybody in the city besides my one friend. I think it's a great way to get to know people. And then on top of that, you can also get to know their groups of friends and just feel more comfortable in a living situation. And seeing as it was my first time living away from my parents, I wanted it to be a smoother transition than going from my parents to moving to a new city and also living by myself. I think that would have been a little bit too much. Um, So I think this is a nice compromise of adulting in general and getting my feet wet, as they say. Um, We also did a whole episode on moving where I talked about living in England and uh, where Becky shares 
her the whole process of her decision to move to Montreal and what that was like. So go back. Mm-hmm. I'll link to that episode in the show notes, and you can also listen to that. I remember that episode. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all great. Let's be real. <laughs> but yeah, so I think one of the things I've had to adjust to was not just adulting, but also like living with others in a shared space. Yeah, so what are some of the things that you've learned as a result of living with roommates? That I want to live by myself. <laughs> I'm just Fair. kidding. I mean, it is true. I, You'll I get no have, argument from me. Mm-hmm. I definitely have come to the point in my life where I'm extremely ready to have more independence, to have, you know, my own space, that sort of thing. But I think what I've learned is to cohabitate with others and to be more respectful and also to learn how to deal with sort of like annoying situations or issues that I may have with someone not to just lash out or be emotional about it but to really step back think about what the issue is and then address it either with them or if it's something that you know, is just an annoying thing that they may do, I could get over it myself, right? So instead of having that like emotional reaction right away, that instinct, it's like, take a breath, take a step back, learn how to deal with the issue like an adult and go forward. That's Mm -hmm. probably the biggest thing that I've learned. And I'm really grateful for that because I think that the next time I am in a relationship, I just feel sort of like more level-headed and I feel more reassured that I can deal with difficult situations and confrontations rather than just lash out at the person and maybe potentially say hurtful things. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. What about, what about you? Tell, tell, uh, tell me and tell our listeners about your situation. So I love this because I'm basically (laughs) the opposite of you. So I think we make a nice Mm -hmm. contrast. Um, I, live alone in a house that I own Mm -hmm. so I have this like adult obligation of having to pay a mortgage every two weeks and also manage the upkeep of my home I don't have a landlord or landlady that I can approach for repairs Mm -hmm. and so to me uh, I really love living alone I enjoy the solitary nature of it and I enjoy having that freedom to basically do whatever I want in the house. Mm-hmm. The downside would be, and, and this got exacerbated during the pandemic when fewer people could come over, mm-hmm. is if I need to do something, I basically have to do it myself. And I'm, I'm not talking about big projects. Obviously, I can pay people for that. But if it's a small thing here or there that isn't big enough to be worth hiring a contractor or something like that, I basically have to do it myself and I'm not the most handy person. So I have plugged away at things and improved my skills over the years. Give us an example of something that you've had to work on. Oh, there's so many things. I (laughs) stripped and stained my deck last September, Mm, um, mostly in the dark because I was anxious to get it done before we had freezing temperatures at nighttime. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, Uh, put up shelves and stuff and I've uh, recently 
had to fix some loose tiles in my bathroom. So yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot of little things. Can I just say that it's I'm beyond impressed that you have gone out there, got the materials, learn how to do like even though they're small things, it, they, they can be very technical and you got the job done. And from the sounds of it, it's it went well. Thank you. Oh, there was the whole plumbing saga where I had to replace the trap underneath my bathroom sink and mm-hmm. took several different trips to Home Depot to finally find a solution that worked for me. Which th- that could be frustrating for sure. Yeah. Not only do I have a house, I live in an old house, which means that <laughs> it has had many generations of owners who have mm-hmm. made various quote unquote improvements so that things like the plumbing are these Frankenstein sort of solutions <laughs> that involve mixtures of plastics and metals and all sorts of fun things. Mm-hmm. I really put a lot of stock in the adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So yep. I, I try not to go out of my way to try to fix things that are not ideal unless they really are broken because I don't want to make it worse. <laughs> But yeah, when you own a house, you're always spending money on fixing things as opposed to maybe putting that money into doing decoration and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I I know that in your case, obviously, you have much less latitude in terms of how you can modify your space. But you've Mm -hmm. been making some pretty cool changes to your whole space, but especially your terrace. So I would Mm. love to hear you describe that for our listeners since they can't see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, What... How did that whole project come about and mm-hmm. what has been the highlight of it for you? I mean, similar to you, my apartment is extremely old, but I'm very fortunate that it's at least renovated on the inside. Um, so I, I'm already starting at a pretty good spot, I would say. But the the terrace is crazy big. Anybody that's come over to my place is like, wow, this Like, I've never seen an outdoor space in Montreal this big. So I know that I'm extremely lucky. So my former roommates had some nice outdoor furniture. They had a table. They had a couple chairs. I think they even had a couch of some sort. But when they moved, they obviously took that all with them. So last summer, I just wasn't really in the mood, I guess, to totally overhaul my, my outdoor space. But when it came around to the pandemic and being more at our homes, I was like, you know what? I really want to take stock of what I have and then improve my space, even just like minor changes, right? So cleaning it all up, there is a bunch of like pots and I don't know, stuff, old dirt (laughs) that was just left from before. So I cleaned it all up. My new roommate helped with that, which was really, really nice. And then I just decided to do like one thing at a time, right? So there's like this little fence on the side. I was like, okay, what's an easy thing that I can do? I can buy some paint. It was this weird blue color, painted it white. And then we had these kind of hanging metal herb pots that you can just kind of hook on to the fence. So they were this, you know worn down like steel color like silver and so I just spray painted that copper color and then I got all new herbs I got some flowers to put in the planters and then I got these 
really cool chairs that are super, super comfortable. And I got some orange cushions. So it came, it came together really nicely. I did a little blog post about that. So I guess we'll also put that in the show notes for you guys to uh, check out visually. And, and what do you call yeah. the chairs? <laughs> the butthole chairs. That's right. <laughs> I am so impressed with what you've managed to do there. It's so Thank inspiring. You. I've lived in my house for three years, and most yeah. of my walls are still pretty bare. I, I would love to put some more decor up, especially in the main living spaces. Part mm-hmm. of it is when you know you're going to be in a space for the long haul, you know you're not going to be moving around. I think yeah. that maybe inspires you to be a bit more conservative with the changes that you make because yeah, you know that you're going to be living with it for a while. Uh, and it's one thing to like put up pictures and stuff. You can move those around pretty easily. But as far as like painting walls and stuff, would I like to repaint some of my walls? Sure, it's not a huge priority because I'm going to be here for a long time. I've got lots of time to do that. But I one project that I am very proud of is ever since I moved in, I knew I wanted to build a personal library for myself because Hell yeah. I love reading books and I own a lot of books. So I moved into this house with the intention of turning what was formerly the master bedroom into a personal library. For the first couple of years, I didn't make much progress because I was focused on other things and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I wasn't sure if I wanted to hire a professional or buy Mm -hmm. pre-made shelving or build the shelves myself. But eventually, last fall, after I recovered from my broken elbow that summer, I said, enough is enough. I need to do this because I need a win. I need something that is going to cheer me up. And I was so just tired of having stacks of disorganized books on the floor. I lived in this house for two years. It was time. So I went to Home Depot. Sorry, at first I went to the paint store and I bought paint to paint the one wall where I was going to put up shelves. The rest Mm -hmm. of the walls are a nice red, except for one wall that has cool wood paneling on it. And I knew that was going to be my reading alcove area. But the wall with two windows in it was just a really like neutral beige. And I didn't like it. I didn't like that the window frames had been painted uh, over their natural wood and they were brown. So Mm -hmm. I painted the wall an orange color, like a coppery orange that was just slightly lighter than the other red walls. And I painted the window frames white and I put up some really nice white blinds. And uh, I went to Home Depot and I got plain pine boards and I put those up. If there's one thing I know how to do, it's how to put up shelving. I've done that a lot before. Damn. Useful skill. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite impressed though because I also, like I put up shelves like attached to the window frames and stuff i wanted to maximize the amount of shelf space i had and i think i've done a pretty good job um and i ordered i ordered a bulk ordered bookends from a professional library distributor and had them shipped to write-ins because shipping to canada was too expensive i spent like 200 dollars on bookends i remember I, that and yeah, you're like I, rebecca you have to remember i have a lot of books and i was like yeah that's a good point <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm 
I'm thinking ahead. I wanted all the bookends to be the same, and I wanted them to be small because I don't want big, ostentatious bookends that take up precious shelf space. So I've ordered enough that even once I expand my shelves to other walls in the library, I should have enough. They're just identical, plain, black, thin bookends. So that was phases one and two of the library. The third phase is furniture and other decor. So I bought some chairs from Wayfair, um, and they're they're nice. They're okay. Uh, it was a compromise between price and comfort, and I think I found a good compromise. And now I just need to find a nice area rug as well as a table to put in between the chairs. Mm-hmm. And I've got some posters and pictures and stuff I can put up on the walls. I've got a really cool lamp that my friend Thea gave me. She actually made it. The base is constructed out of some old books. So Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I'm it's coming along. I really hope that I can finish phase three sometime before the end of the year, uh, budget allowing. And other than that, I think your efforts with decorating your house, because I know you've kind of gone room by room, those are really inspiring me to think about how do I want to go about this a little bit more deliberately. Nice. As your fashion slash decorating guru, I have to say that I was just so impressed with how your library is is coming along. Like it's looking really, really good. Thank you. So is just for us. We are just killing (laughs) it in the decor department. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess I guess that's another thing is is that I I feel like a little I feel a little bit of pressure to kind of get things done. Um just because I know that like you said, like I'm renting, so I'm not gonna be here forever. Mm -hmm. And I think I have a good a little less than a year in this place and Mm -hmm. then it's on to the next one but like you said if it's if it's things like paintings or pieces of art luckily you can bring that with you and on -hmm. to the next place so speaking of living situations I know that you have plans to move in in the next year or so and Mm -hmm. I know that you have some aspirations once you've moved that you really can't realize in this place. So mm-hmm. why don't you share some of your goals for once you've moved into your own place? Well, it, I actually could do it here as well because I am I am technically allowed. But I think what you're referring to is me getting a kitty cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think ever since I lived with a cat with my ex-roommates, Miss Babushka, that once they left, I was like, yeah, I really miss living with a cat, even though she shit on my bed. Yeah, I think it's just so nice to have, you know, a, a furry little creature and to take care of something as well. I think it's really nice mm-hmm. to give you the comfort, especially, I'm sure, when you live alone. I feel like that's absolutely crucial. So given that we're still in a pandemic and that we are both still working, Miss Kara, how is your work situation? I know that you went back into the schooling. So I would love to hear more about that. Sure. So for those of you who aren't aware, I am a teacher. I technically teach high school courses, but 
I teach adults who are trying to get their high school diploma. So my situation is a little bit different from regular high school. After March break, everything was shut down. Everybody was teaching from home. And Mm -hmm. then last week for the new school year, we started back up on teaching in school. Uh, Depending on what type of teacher you are, it looks a little bit different around the province and stuff. Basically, I'm really lucky all of my students are signing in online, so I'm teaching entirely virtually. I feel really sorry for my fellow colleagues, teachers, education assistants, SSPs, uh, custodial staff who are in elementary and regular secondary schools and trying to cope with all of these students who are returning in person. So I feel really privileged that I am in the situation I am, but it's still, it's difficult As far as teaching online goes, I love technology, but it's not the same as teaching in a classroom Mm face-to-face, especially considering, you know, the students that I serve, they tend to not always have access to all of the technology that you would like. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a struggle just to get them able to sign in to our video conferencing. They maybe don't have a webcam or a microphone even, so... Often I'm just talking to a camera and I just see them type in the chat and I don't hear them and I don't see them. So it's a much less personal experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So teaching during a pandemic has been such an interesting experience. I remember you asked me just before I went back to work how I felt about going back to the building versus working from home. Mm -hmm. I'm still very mixed on it. I like... Going into the building, I like having the excuse to get ready every day, put on a cute outfit, put on some makeup. I wish that it meant I got to see my colleagues more often because that was something I really hated about working from home. I only ever saw the few colleagues I needed to meet with through video meetings and the rest of my colleagues I basically didn't talk to for several months. This is going to be a very interesting year. This is my eighth year of teaching. This might be the most difficult year I ever have, just because none of us know what's going to happen. Will we still be in the schools a month from now, or will we be back to working from home because everything got shut down, for example? Mm -hmm. And literally nobody has the answer to that. It's not, you know, not even the principals, not the school boards, not the government, not that they've actually been doing much, but, you know... That's It's that uncertainty that's very difficult to plan for. and mm-hmm. No, that is a lot. And like you said, it's, it's all this uncertainty and it's like things are changing sometimes even day to day. So kudos to, like you said, mm-hmm. the school board that has helped out and to all the teachers. They're doing such an amazing job during this time. And I know I've said this before, and I'll say it again. They do not get paid enough. So <laughs> let's hear it for the teachers. Woo! And all the other education workers. It's not yes, just teachers. And all the ed- other education workers. Everybody in the education system. Let's say yeah. that. Y'all yeah. are doing a fantastic <laughs> job. Kudos. Because I so- can never do that. Oh, well, I could never do what you do, speaking of. (laughs) So you've been working from home. I would love to hear about that. And you have also launched your own 
business. Mm, exciting things. Yes, so I have been working from home for my 9 to 5. And I think I've said it on, on the podcast before, but I'll say it again because we're going to repeat a lot of shit on, on here, I'm sure. I hated working from home in previous jobs because I was a research assistant before. Mm -hmm. I absolutely detested it. I had barely little, I had no motivation. I think the whole thing was that I didn't have a good routine. And so that really discouraged me and kind of just, yeah, threw me off track, I would say. But with this job, when we first started working from home, again, I wasn't super fond of it. I think the first couple of weeks I was like, I hate this. I can't wait to go back in the office. I want to see people. I want to socialize. Cut to, you know, two, three months into the pandemic, working from home. I'm like, I love this. I never want to go back to the office. Mark my words, and I mean this, I never want to go back to the office because I have I just, I have this great routine now. I think it really helps that we have a meeting with our boss every single morning at 930 I think it keeps us on track. It keeps us accountable. Um, any coworkers that I do want to see or talk to, we end up video chatting or just messaging each other. So it's like I'm still sort of talking to the colleagues that I want to talk to. And I don't have to talk to the ones that I don't want to talk to, which oh, is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> So as Kara has mentioned, I have started my own business. I'm super, Woo. super excited. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing a little bow right now. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Way in the back. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I started a marketing business, a marketing agency with two friends. My friend Victoria, who is also my photographer, and my friend Marie, who's also a fellow blogger. We had kind of mentioned or had talked about wanting to start some sort of business, I think, late last year. And then, you know, nothing was set in stone. We weren't super duper serious about it. We were all very, very busy. We all have nine to fives, right? Mm -hmm. And then cut to the pandemic where you do have a little bit more free time. Now you actually have time to think about, okay, what does our what is our business going to look like? What do we want to call it? Uh, what do we want to do? That sort of thing. Who are our ideal clients? And so we have a business called Mimosa Marketing. And right now we're focusing more on businesses in Montreal that we can connect with, uh, create content for them, help them with their social media, et cetera, et cetera, their branding, that sort of thing. Yeah, if people are interested go to their Instagram, mimosa.marketing, because Victoria recently put together this amazing IGTV video mm. where it basically shows behind the scenes everything that the three of you are doing right now in terms of preparing ideas and executing things, doing photo shoots. You're basically doing it all in terms of marketing. And it's just mm -hmm. so cool. Like... I talk to you about it sometimes and I just think how cool is it that one of my best friends is doing this business like you're creating this from the ground up and mm -hmm. it just boggles my mind it's so awesome thank you yeah it, it's kind of it's 
in a way a little unbelievable. Like I kind of have to pinch myself sometimes. I'm like, wait a second. I have my own business. Like this is, you know, a legit business that it's been your have. dream. Yeah. Like we've gained income and it's like really starting to pick up speed. And during a pandemic? Oh my God. <laughs> if you can create a business during a pandemic, what can't you do? Right? Exactly. <laughs> I was trying to think like what other adult type responsibilities have I been having to deal with lately? And mm-hmm. it occurs to me that maybe one of the biggest things is the fact that since I am under since I'm since I'm in the midst of uh, transitioning in terms of gender, mm-hmm. there's a lot of bureaucratic stuff to take care of. Many people who transition don't bother legally changing their name or anything like that because it's either too expensive or too difficult to get the right documentation or they just don't care. In my case, I knew almost immediately once I decided I wanted a different name that I would like to make that my legal name. So I pursued that. In Ontario, changing your legal name is not that hard, uh, but you have to fill out a form, you have to get it notarized, you have to send it in. I also changed the sex designation on my birth certificate, which was really exciting. So after both of those applications got processed, I received in the mail my official change of name certificate, and I received a brand new birth certificate, which by the way, birth certificates in Ontario be super fancy these days. Yeah, um, that's so cool. Yeah, it has my new name on it, Cara Doreen Rose Babcock, and it's got the sex is marked as F, and that's what it says on my birth certificate and on my uh, driver's license and health card these days. And it's just amazing because it's just this tangible sign of the journey that I'm on. It's something, it's a weight off my shoulders in terms of now when I'm talking to businesses and services and stuff and I need to give my legal name, it's consistent with the name that I actually want people to use. Mm -hmm. So I'm very privileged that I was able to do all of this pretty easily, not too expensively. Although uh, (laughs) after I finished changing my name, I had to change the property registration for my house. That involved lawyers and clerks. And cost me like three, almost four times as much as the actual name change cost. So it's wild. If you think you're going to be changing your name, maybe do it before you buy a house. (laughs) But yeah, you know, I've been dealing with a lot of changes and a lot of different things to try and adapt to as I'm transitioning. Changing my name and then having to update like all of my accounts, my bank, all that sort of stuff. Definitely sort of the most adult part of this whole transition. And and in some ways, it's also like, I don't want to say it's the most fun because honestly, shopping for clothes and shoes has been way more fun. But Mm -hmm. it, it is quite rewarding and affirming to get mail in my name, have a driver's license in my name. Uh, see that name on my bank account on my credit card like it's so cool so yeah I'm uh, I'm happy with how that's going but it has been quite a lot of things to plan and keep track of and emails to send um, but yeah no I, I'm just I'm very happy that 
you know, when you're doing something that's so worth it, like that is, it doesn't feel as stressful. But there are definitely moments where I'm like, wow, this is just a lot to keep track of. That is a lot. I'm so proud of you for taking those steps and getting those things done. Like as tedious as those things are, they are also obviously essential. Mm -hmm. All right. So as much as adulting can be a pain in the ass, there is definitely an upside to it. And I think that we can all agree it gives us the freedom. It's amazing that you don't have somebody, you know, breathing down your neck, telling you what to do and that they don't want you to use the dish towel to wash your hands. <laughs> cough, cough, my mom. But yeah, so as, as much as things can be tedious and, you know, we drag our feet to do certain things in our adult lives, uh, I think that we can also appreciate the fact that if we're privileged enough to live on our own or to be in a different city and to be doing the things that we love, it's pretty damn amazing. I agree. <laughs> so, Becky, if our listeners want to get in touch and share some of their own adulting stories with us, how can they do that? First of all, you need to visit our website, www.wejustlooktotalk.com because it is thebomb.com. <laughs> I freaking love it, and I show it off whenever I can. <laughs> you can find us on most of the podcast platforms like Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, so if you have any questions or comments or concerns, or if you want to sponsor us, you can email us at we just like to talk at gmail.com. We always love to hear feedback. And you can also find us on our Facebook page. There's many ways you can contact us. And we would love to hear from you. Almost Always. as much as I love talking with you, Becky. Aww. Yeah, I hope I come before everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. 